0: There's an old saying that sticks and stones may hurt my bones, but uh, words will never hurt me. We all know that's not true. In fact, we know that words are so powerful. In fact, I'm sure every one of us in this room can remember a time that somebody said something about us. If you go all the way back to the fifth grade or the seventh grade or the, when you're in the tenth grade, somebody said something about you, and right now, you can tell me what that was and how you felt when they said that about you. Uh, James says, the tongue is a fire and and nothing can tame the tongue, and we realize that the tongue... and words have power. When we think about our relationship with unbelievers, we realize that words are a key. And what we did is we saw last week our works. And I mean, I think that is so vital. And uh, oftentimes we overlook it. Oftentimes we don't think about how we as a local church can impact this community. Now we, we talked last week in the church service about a way that every one of us in this room can impact this community for Christ. You know what it is? What was it? It was the code drive. That we're going to bring coats, Hallie's Coats. We're going to take coats to uh, Pawnee, and we're going to take coats all over this section, and we're going with the message of Jesus Christ. And why, why? who's bringing these coats? Stillwater Bible Church. This is a way we can try to touch lives. You know that there was a tragedy in the school system this last week. And so the day after... Brandy remembered something when some other things has happened. And the day after, our church took a whole bunch of donuts to all of the counselors and to the teachers at the middle school. I think it was junior, junior high and high school. They, why did we do that? Because we want people to know that we love them and that we're not here for ourselves. We want to take the message of Christ. So that's works, okay? Well, this morning, we're talking about our words. And, and when you think about it, works is what we do. Words is what we say. And that's important. So let's talk about our words, okay? And we got, I want to look at it in two ways. One, our words, we pray to God for them. This is our words, but it's to God and it's for the unbeliever. And then our message about God to them. This is when we take the message of Christ to them. So we want to pray to God for them and we want to proclaim about God to them. And it goes together. So you think about it. Let's start with prayer. Let's start with praying for them. I want you to look at Romans chapter 10. Look at verse 1. I did I I did tell you to turn to Romans 10. Okay, Romans chapter 10. Look what Paul says. This is Paul, and he's writing about Jewish people that, that he is, you know, he's Jewish, and he's writing about Jewish people who have never trusted Christ. And here's what he says, Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is for what? Their salvation. The prayer is for them. The prayer is that these Jewish people. These are. This is Paul. Paul's Jewish. He grew up Jewish. He. His. Uh, uh, so many people he knows. His family. Everybody. Jewish people. And at this point in time, when Paul is writing Romans, the church has been going for about 20, 25 years, and there are many, many Gentiles coming to know Christ, but not near as many Jews. The church started off Jewish, total, with Peter and Paul and James and all these people, but. Now it's beginning to more and more Gentiles are trusting and less and less Jews. So Paul says, my heart's desire and my prayer to them is for their salvation. Is there someone you know that you know, do do not know Jesus Christ as Savior? And is your heart's desire that they would come to know Christ as Savior? Are you praying for them? Are you praying for them? Think about it. We talk to God. We pray for those that do not know Christ. We pray that they would come to know Christ. We pray that we might have an opportunity to share our faith with them. Who knows what's going to happen? What? Who is in your sphere of influence that you can be praying for? Who is it that you come in contact with a lot, whether it's a family person, whether it's somebody you work with, whether it's somebody in your neighborhood, whether it's someone that you you do some kind of activity with? Who is it that you can talk to them, What? that you can begin to pray and say, Lord, Lord, give me an opportunity to talk to that person. Now, so many Christians, they're afraid to pray that because two reasons. Number one, they know that if you pray to God to give you an opportunity, what's going to happen? He's going to give you an opportunity. The second reason they're afraid is they're not sure they know what to say. And it's an embarrassment for believers to not know the message. What's so amazing is how many Christians can't share their faith because they've never been taught. Now, our church, you can't say that. You've had plenty of opportunities. We teach it on Sunday morning. We teach it in Grow Group. We have all kind of courses, the 412, the 2-2, the Discipline for God. All of them, everything goes over. The message, we help people uh, learn how to share their faith, all those kind of things. So if you say, I just don't know if I could do it, you need to come see me because we've got all kind of ways to train you. And so we want to pray that people, that you'll have an opportunity for people to, that you'll have an opportunity to talk to somebody about Christ. Have you ever thought about, do you ever do this? Do you ever pray when you wake up in the morning and say, Lord, sometime today, give me an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus. You know what's going to happen if you're not careful? That's going to happen. And then you're going to be ready, right? And if you're not ready, if you said, I don't know if I could do that... Find me after this is over. Find me after church is over. I will make sure that I'll either meet with you myself or I'll make sure you get in one of our classes or we'll figure out some way that you can be trained. In First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, Paul says, pray for, and he says all men, the idea there is pray for all people. Pray for all people. Realize we need to get to know those around us. We need to get to know what they're going through. You need to invest in them. It's, it's our words to God for them. Well, unless, unless you know them, I mean, about the only thing you could pray if you don't really know them is just pray that that you might have an opportunity to share with them. But who knows? When you begin to know people and build relationships with them, you can actually pray to God about other things that may be going on in their life. My twins, my, not my twins, my oldest sister. She lives in Santa Rosa. Their entire their entire subdivisions burned up. She has a place to say they have a little cabin thing, so they've been living there. But they lost everything. She does not, that's I know. She does not know Christ as Savior. Now, she may have trusted Christ when she was like in the seventh or eighth grade. I hope she did. I don't know. I, she's seven years older than me, so I don't remember anything like that. She says she hasn't. She doesn't believe. She thinks that uh, she's got a PhD in anthropology from Tulane. She thinks that, and I love her so, but she thinks that Christianity, every group has their, their, their religion, and that, that's all it is. And I pray for her all the time. But I also pray for her that she'll what they're going to do with their house are they going to build it back or I mean so we have to know the people we're praying for, and so the goal is that we pray for them. Let me tell you what to do let's get specific. Why don't get a little book? go get a little bitty book cost a dollar. you can get a little notebook for a dollar and just write the names of people that you don't know, maybe four or five names of people you come in contact with, and you don't know if they're a Christian. They may be. You don't know. So just pray and say, Lord, give me an opportunity to talk to them. Pray that, and you're going to have an opportunity. So be ready. Be ready to share your faith. Be ready to give an answer. So now that takes us to our message what is our, our message about God to them? we got to tell them. we got to proclaim the truth about Jesus Christ. I put it this way, proclaim about God to them. That's how I put it. But it's the whole idea of proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, We are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech through us. We get to give the message of salvation. We are ambassadors. What's an ambassador? If you were an ambassador of the United States to, to England, where would you live? Where? You'd live in England, but you're not a citizen of England. In fact, where you're living is not even your home. You're representing your home. Now, you're an ambassador of who? Jesus Christ, okay? This world is not our home, right? We live here, but this is not our home. Our home is a heavenly home. In fact, we're seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and we don't represent ourselves. Who do we represent on this earth? our Savior, Jesus Christ. So we're ambassadors for Christ. We're in a hostile, fallen environment, and we represent Jesus Christ. That's who we are. So when we go out these doors, as we talked about last week, we want to live in such a way that we're drawing people to Christ. We want to do the good works. Well, the, this morning, we're talking about the message, not just the good works, but the message. Acts chapter 1, we're witnesses, and this is what uh, Jesus told the disciples. He says, you, you shall be my witnesses in jerusalem judea samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world we get to tell people how god saves mankind we get to do it think about it we get to do it now when you think about this great truth every one of us in this room two things we need to be thinking about one what are the good works that we can do in our community to people that do not know christ Second, what is the message that we want to share with them when the time comes? And number one, we're praying. We're praying for the opportunities, praying for the opportunities. It's happened to me. There's times that I've actually prayed that God would give me a chance to talk to someone, and that day he'd give me a chance to talk to someone. That's happened to me. Has it happened to you? Probably some of you could say, well, yeah, I I told God, you know, maybe it wasn't that exact day, but I told God I would sure like opportunities and before I know it, there's one. So be ready. Now, here's the first question. When we're talking about the message, what do we want them to know? What do we want them to know? If you had an opportunity to talk to someone and it comes up and you say, listen, if you were to die, do you think you'd go to heaven? And they say, well, I don't know. And you say, would you like for me to tell you how you can know that you have eternal life? And, and most people, I, I've, I've asked that question to people before. Would you like for me to share with you from the Bible how you can know you have eternal life? I've only had one person ever tell me no. Everybody else has said, yeah, sometimes I'll say it like, well, I haven't got much time. I go, well, I won't take much time. But, but only one person has ever told me no. I, I don't want to know how you could have eternal life. He said, no. I said, I had to happen to have a track, and it was a good track. Most tracks are not good. That's why I take the Gospel of John's. I had a track. It was a good. I said, well, just take this track. Read it sometime whenever you have time. And if you have a question, call me. But that was the person who said no. What do we want them to know? We want them to know the good news. What do we call the good news? It's called the what? The gospel, the gospel is the good news. The word gospel means good news. When it's a verb, it, it's a Greek word verb, which means the one who brings the good news. When it's a noun, it is the good news message. We want them to know the good news message so we can be the ones to take the good news. And so what do we want them to know? We want them to know the good news. First Corinthians 15, Paul says, for I delivered to you first importance, which I also received. This is the message that Christ, what? What did he do? Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, Old Testament passage. Isaiah 53 said he's going to die for us. So Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. Jesus Christ came, and you tell him how he died in our place to pay for our sins. According to the Scripture, then he was buried. That's the proof that he died. And then what's part two? He rose again on the third day. It's the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel message. According to the Scripture, Psalm 1610 said the Messiah would rise from the dead. Psalm 1610, according to the Scripture, and that he was seen. That was the proof. So the gospel message is the death and resurrection of Christ. When somebody says, tell people the gospel message, we're going to tell them that Jesus died on the cross to pay for sin, and he rose again to conquer death. And you hear me all the times so we will say it on Sunday morning, how Jesus died for us and rose again. That is the gospel message. What do we want them to know? We want them to know that Jesus is the Son of God who died on the cross to pay for sin and rose again to conquer death. What do we want them to do? We want them to respond in faith by trusting in Jesus Christ for eternal life. Jesus Christ died and rose again, paying for sin, conquering death, and offering a gift. What's the gift? Eternal life. And we want people to trust in Christ for eternal life. That's the response. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever does what? Whoever believes in him will never perish but have what? Everlasting life. That's what we want. There. I, I think on your handout, I have Romans one sixteen. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel message of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the power of God to salvation to everyone who does what? Responds in faith, whoever believes. Acts 16, 31, the Philippian jailer said, Paul, what must I do to be saved? And he said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. We want people to respond in faith, to trust in Christ for eternal life. I want to show you something. I'm going to read this to you. This is 1 Timothy chapter 1. Verse 16, just listen to this. This is what Paul says, just to make sure that you understand that we're trusting in Christ for eternal life. Paul says, he's talking about how that Christ came into the world to save sinners, right? And then Paul says, of which I'm the first one. Paul says he's the worst sinner of all. And so every, any, no matter who we are, uh, we're at least number two on the all-time list. We can never be number one sinner, right? Because Paul is number one sinner. But then here's what Paul says. Listen carefully. He says, for this reason, because I'm the number one sinner, I found mercy. So that in me as a foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his patience as an example for those. Saying, He's an example of those who would believe in Christ for eternal life. Paul says, I'm the best example of all people, because I'm the worst sinner, and yet I believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life. We want people to believe in Jesus Christ for what? For eternal life. I mean, there's so much confusion, y'all. I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm actually sick of it, and you should be. You should be angry when you hear somebody say, ask Jesus into your heart. Bible doesn't say has Jesus in your heart. When you he says make Jesus Lord of your life, the Bible doesn't say make Jesus Lord of your life to be saved. Bible doesn't say keep the law. The Bible doesn't say walk down an aisle. The Bible doesn't say make a public profession. None of those are accurate or true and they're confusing. We should be very clear that the message is believe in him for eternal life. That's what he gives us. We're dead and trespassed in sins. We need life. Eternal life. This is the greatest message of all. Why? It's the message that saves. This is it. Look at this. If they hear, if they see our works only, they don't know the message. If they hear our words only, they will not listen. That's why it takes words and works. And so can you share your faith? Now, I just want to show this. We've got just a minute or two left. I want to show something to you that words and words go together. There are three aspects. We're going to talk about it this week and next week. The message, the method, and the prayer, okay? And prayer and making sure that we're praying for all of that stuff. First of all, the message, we got to know and be clear. That's what we just talked about. Every one of us in this room, if you are not clear on the message, the death and resurrection of Christ, come see me, if you're not clear on the response, and maybe, and let me just say this, and we talk about this all the time, especially my Thursday morning guys, we talk about this, people have grown up all their lives hearing a confused message, how I many of you in this room were told you need to repent of your sins, raise your hand if it's, how I many of you told you need to walk down an aisle, how I many we were told you had to give your life to Jesus, how I many told to ask Jesus into your life, every hand is going up just about, because see, that's confusing messages. We need the clearest message to believe in Jesus Christ, and he gives you what? Eternal life. So and now, method. And there's all kind of methods. We're going to talk about three of them. I just want to give you one this morning that, uh, that you know about. It's a famous one. It's John 3.16. Listen to this. If you know, how many of you in this room know John 3.16? Every, every hand should go up. You know John 3.16, right? Okay, if you know this verse, you can share clearly the grace message of salvation. Watch. You talk to somebody and you say, Let me show you something. God so loved the world, that's God loving who? Us. That he gave his only begotten son, gave him what? To come to the earth, to die on the cross, to pay for sins, to rise again. That's the gospel message, the death and resurrection of Christ. Gave his only begotten that whoever, any person, would believe in him, it's not works. It's faith, would believe in him, would never perish, never be separated, but have what? Eternal life. There's the gospel, that's it. That's the gospel and the response. And what are we responding? We're believing in him for eternal life. That's what we want to do. We want to be ready to share this. And and I'm going to give you next week two other ways to quickly, that we can just talk about how to share your faith so that as we go out these doors, not only are we going to do good works, but we're going to be ready with the message. And so, as we think about today, let me go quickly through this. Think about let's let's pray for those that do not know Christ. Let's pray for them. Get get a book, write their names down. It may be your family, it may be friends, maybe a next door neighbor, maybe the mailman, maybe who knows who it is. You say, "I want to have an opportunity to talk to this person." about Jesus Christ. Pray for the opportunities. The second thing is let's share our faith with those who do not know Christ. It's a scary thing because it's a spiritual battle. Let me just say this. If you think that you're going to share your faith when you're not nervous about it anymore, that'll never happen. You're in a spiritual battle. You're going to, you're going to be used by God to help somebody go from death to life. That is a spiritual battle, and we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against world forces of witness in heavenly places. It is a spiritual battle, and if you think you're not going to be nervous or concerned when the time comes, you're not thinking right. And if you think I'll share when I'm not nervous about it, you'll never share. You got to go, you got to be ready, you got to pray for the opportunities, you got to look for the opportunities, and you got to have a method so you can be clear on sharing your faith.